This is the fucking normal podcast. The cheers, tears and Friday night beers of parenting disabled children. I'm Rena And I'm Lauren. And we're both mothers to daughters with special needs. Parenting a disabled child can often feel difficult to navigate. If this is you, you're not alone. We're here to share unique parenting stories and chat about the things that we've learnt and are still learning. Prepare to sometimes laugh, sometimes cry, but hopefully leave with a shot of optimism in your arm. And don't forget, we are talking from a parent's perspective. We would never presume to talk on behalf of a disabled child or adult. So expect bad language and, quite frankly, some brutal honesty. Because really, what the fuck is normal anyway? Wake me up, loud as clouds, all my love for you. Welcome back to another episode of the Fucking Normal Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Rena And I'm Lauren. And today we're super excited for this episode and our guests. We have a special guest, our first ever Send Dad on the podcast. Uh, So today's episode is another take on relationships when you have a child with a disability. Like we said in episode three, it's such a broad topic. So we plan to have regular episodes with different perspectives and stories all around how relationships can be impacted by having disabled children. Today, we again talk about partner relationships and we'll be talking to a couple. So without further ado, let us introduce you to our lovely guests. Claire and George are the super cool couple you secretly wish you and your hubby looked like. (laughs) They are parents to beautiful Ada, who's eight, um, who is autistic, and long-haired cool dude Ivo, who's four. Claire works in music as a music manager and George is a digital marketing manager. Welcome to the pod, guys. Welcome. Hello. Hi. So good to have you here. Thanks for having us. How are you both? (laughs) Guys, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves? How you met, when you had Ada, when you had Ivo, and kind of your history? Yeah. Okay, so we met in 2013. I, we both used to live in Dalston and I used to live in this great big warehouse with 11 people that had no windows and no heating and no rules really. It was, it was quite wild. And George lived... In a flat with one other person and possibly eight mice. <laughs> yeah. Did you have rules? <laughs> Yeah, the mice had rules. They ruled us. <laughs> they, had, they, had, they did have windows. And that, that was actually, funny enough, it was on the same road. So we lived, both lived in Dalston on Kingsland Road. And it was on Kingsland Road at the infamous club, the Alibi, where I met George properly for the first time. It was a really intense night. Yeah, but yeah, it, it was a lot of whiskey. Um, Loads of snogging. Snogging. I mean, you don't have to give us all the details, no. guys. But... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, George. <laughs> Look, it was love I, at I first sight. I just remember, like, you like maybe spat whiskey in my face or something like that. Oh yeah, the guy you thought was cool, and I probably thought it was like really punk. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you can cut that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely keep that bit. Um, definitely. So yeah, that night we like made out loads and. 
about a week later no no I went outside for a sig and you disappeared and I think I like messaged you the next day like where did you go and you're like I woke up with a piece of pizza on my face yeah <laughs> so it was really romantic first night yeah. Yeah. that was so romantic and then I went to Jamaica like a couple of days later I went to New York and to Jamaica with my friend Molly and it was really fun and then and were you thinking about George that whole time yeah like I was definitely like that guy was really cute but I was also like you know in Jamaica and with my friends and just living your best life yeah you know I I definitely thought that he was cute but I also thought that because he like vanished that like you know he was just another one of those guys that you make out with anyway go to Jamaica come back and the night I come the day after I came back from Jamaica I was super jet lagged and I couldn't sleep and I knew that there was something going on at the alibi and walked down there and it was actually shut and you were outside and I was with my flatmates and you were like come back to my house for a party everybody and then like we like hooked up yeah yeah, yeah. I remember that. that yeah and that was that was possibly the time Ada was created yeah <laughs> yeah wow. so, bombshell guys yeah. So, yeah. So, wow. so it was pretty crazy because like five weeks later Five weeks later, I was like, hey, what's going on with us? And George was like, I don't want to put a label on anything. And then he's like, oh, actually, do you want to be my girlfriend? And I was like, (laughs) okay. And then the next day, I actually was going to the doctor to um, actually talk about coming off, like, my, um, like, antidepressants. That can be another episode. But, um, and she needed to run some tests on me and actually she was like you're pregnant and I called George at his office which is like this like big little firm in the city and he must he must have been like why are you phoning me <laughs> and I was like oh, I'm pregnant and you're like shit <laughs> what do you want to do and I was like I don't know come <laughs> over to my house and have a chat yeah wow yeah. so yeah I guess yeah I was at work and I think I was buying a basketball at lunchtime. I don't know why. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, with one of my colleagues. And then, yeah, I got the, got the call. And I was like... And you dropped the ball. I dropped the ball. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, and then, yeah, and then you call it. And then I guess, yeah, I was just... I was kind of, obviously, shocked. But also not shocked at the same yeah, time. I mean, what did we think was going to happen? We've been, like, you know... <laughs> really like fallen in love super quickly like for like almost like practically moved in together right away we were staying with each other every single night you know like so fast forward wow so it was love at first sight pretty much yeah and pregnant ada ada came into existence yeah so what was like really intense was because as i was explaining before i lived in this warehouse with like it was freezing cold. There were like absolutely, there was no way that I could have a baby there. And there was no way I was going to like the mice flat down the road. Like I wouldn't even stay there because I was like, oh, I'm scared of mice. Um, so we moved in together. Like we moved in together like right away, didn't we? We decided yeah. to have Ada and we moved in together right away. So we'd been dating for, I think it was about three months three months yeah it was just after the 12 week scan yeah so we moved in together and we moved to Camden which we actually we've been in Camden ever since haven't we like in different 
different spots in Camden. Yeah, different parts of it. But um, yeah, we moved in, like did the whole IKEA trip with Claire being pretty pregnant, and the whole thing was just like massively. <laughs> It's quite stressful. stressful. Yeah. I, I, I've broken down. Yeah. loving each other and just being like, now we're picking furniture out. Like, what do we like? <laughs> like <laughs> what? And I was like, yeah, that's cool. Like, yeah, buy that I like giant what you like. Bed. <laughs> like. So it was all quite <laughs> fast. quick. Yeah, very fast. Very yeah, fast. and in a way, like, it's kind of funny because, like, when I reflect on, like, the last we've been together, you know, it'll be 10 years next year. Like, when I reflect on like the last decade, the hardest thing of all of it actually was moving in together that early. It wasn't having a baby and not knowing what to do with it because you know you have a baby and they just give it to you in the hospital and they're like keep this thing alive like that's it. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't that. It wasn't Ada. Like it wasn't us thinking that something was different with Ada. It wasn't even a diagnosis, it was moving in together that quickly and just getting, having to get to know each other quite a like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of trust from both, both sides there to like, you know, all of a sudden just be thrown into, Yeah, I imagine it happened a lot, a complete lifestyle change, especially for you. Yeah, because you know, obviously works and stuff, but like to go out a lot, like most days in the week, weekdays and stuff, so from going from that to then just like, okay, we'll just really <laughs> focus and not do that anymore. And, and just like, yeah, it was, it was di- weird at the time. So I was, I was going through that kind of yeah. adolescence still, which a lot of people were back then in their sort of mid twenties. There's still this air of adolescence in East London. 26, do you know, know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it seems old when you think back, but it's like you're actually still quite young then, you haven't figured it out yet. Mm. But then, 20, yeah, the 27 point came, and the, yeah, I guess the point of having Ada is like a moment of like just, oh wow, okay, like this is different now, you've got to just like knuckle down and work at this and, and do what you can, I guess. Um, and stuff yeah, and like be we a prob- family. probably have. Like, now that, like, Ada's eight and I was four, like, we probably have more freedom now than we ever did, actually. Yeah, I think in the beginning, you, you're quite harsh on yourself in terms of your own time and going out. So, like, for the first couple of years, I don't think we went out at all, really. No, we didn't even, like, really go on dates. Like, we yeah. just, oh, we'd go to Marks and Spencer <laughs> and get the £10 deal. <laughs> Do you remember? Classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stay at home <laughs> meal. Yeah. That's, that's such a treat, though. That's like, I know, because like, yeah. you feel like you, you, you owe it to your child just to, to be, a, you know, be the best parent and not go out and like you feel like you know you, you do lose a bit of yourself, but then that you know you learn to give a bit of yourself back over the years and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Thinking about it now, right? I had like full blown postnatal depression and I didn't realise it and George didn't realise it and I did get I did get like help do you remember I was going to take the Anna Freud Centre and like having this like sort of quite interesting therapy but like you know we didn't have any friends that had babies like it was just us Mm. like we were we were the first not only we were the first we were the anomaly like you know recently my friend Yasmin, who's um sadly not with us anymore, she um 
introduced me to her friends as like, oh, you know, this is CJC. It's like my friends, like my old friends call me CJC. This is CJC. She's like, she's a legend. She got knocked up in the bogs at the alibi. <laughs> Good to know the tagline. That's, 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 that's not true. <laughs> Keep but, telling yourself yeah. that. But, you know, I definitely didn't. So, so where were we? Let's go back to kind of Ada and finding out about the autistic kind of diagnosis and whether you had any idea or did you have Aiden kind of think this is normal for a while and other people were picking up or were you being especially if you didn't have other friends that had children at the time Mm. or did you know did you feel it deep in your soul that there was something kind of well this is why things are really different between me and George right because from when Ada was six weeks old I started going to parent and baby classes and I, you know, I met an incredible, uh, some, some of the people that I met at that point are some of my best friends now, but I could compare and every parent does it. You compare your kids to other kids Mm -hmm. and like, I noticed really quickly that like Ada wasn't doing things that other babies weren't. Were, were doing like she wasn't lifting her head she was wasn't rolling and then bigger things started happening like she wouldn't you know she wasn't really like an she wouldn't really stare in my face but maybe that's okay you know maybe that was just a thing but she then she wasn't sitting and then she was also like and my friends they were so, they were so funny they were like she's like a little slug she's so cute like she's so chill Ada is so chill like the other kids were like climbing up the walls and Ada was so chill and I was actually thinking like fuck Mm. something's wrong you know but for George it that had to have been a bit different yeah yeah because I I still didn't feel the experience of sort of you know it's my first experience of having a child and not comparing to other kids or just believing that thing of like don't compare Mm. everything's fine so I always kind of had that mentality of like no it's just you know just what agents like this is this is what it is and that there's no I didn't recognize the the things but you know the the kind of sort of you start to get to know stuff when thing you know when she got older and people you know the 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 points where like when we're on holiday I think she was about four months old um and we're staying in a a hotel and she fell out of her um, buggy and just bumped her head. So we were like, ah. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then so we went funny. to a, a hospital. We were like, no, we, no, need, no. we need to go to A&E. Like then, she's, oh yeah, my God. We went to the hospital. No one spoke uh, any English. So we were doing the whole we consultation. We didn't speak any exactly, Spanish. In um, Google Translate. Uh, and then the, the doctors uh, were like, flag, flagged the whole thing of her being, uh, they're like, she's a bit floppy. That was kind of the, the translation and at that point I don't think we but also you weren't hanging out with anyone that had kids no no you know like and I think like that that was definitely like something quite different for me and you like at least I was like around because I wasn't working you know I was on like a really long maternity leave so I was just hanging out I was just hanging out on the heath all the time with anyone that had Mm. a baby that would hang out with me and you were closer to it and to to the experience of like parents and their kids and having lots of comparisons and 
other people to look at around you and see how maybe things were progressing slightly differently with Ada. It also strikes me that maybe it's a bit your personality's different as well. We're both, we're, we're, we're super different. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit the same Patrick and I. Like, mm. I was taking on more that full-time carer role when B was born and so I would go to the classes and notice the differences and mm-hmm. he wasn't really as tuned into it and then but then also he's very chilled like a yeah. bit like you George yeah. maybe not as chilled as you George but he's George like so chill. like in a you know yeah she'll be who she'll be kind of which is really positive <laughs> and lovely um, but also you want to shake them sometimes because <laughs> arms is like you like mm. so chill and I remember like being pregnant and like throughout the pregnancy being flagged with things that were okay but not quite a hundred percent. And obviously like mum and also being like super anxious, I'm like, oh, shit, this is bad, this is wrong. While he's like, No, it's fine. Like she might not be a hundred percent, um, but you know, she's like seventy percent okay. So we can just like roll on that train and see what happens when she's born and it's all going to be okay. And I think like once she was born and we got like all the diagnosis, I resented him. I'm like, you piece of shit. You made me believe that it's all going to be okay. And it's not. Did you have like that kind of argument where you're like, look, there's something wrong. And you were like, no. Um, well, we had similar things with um, Ada um, before she was born um, in terms of like, you know, so at the 12 week scan um, she was we were given a 1 in I think it was like 1 in 20 chance that she would be born with Down syndrome and I didn't want to have the amniocentesis because there was like a 1 in 100 chance of a miscarriage and it was already 12 weeks and I knew I knew as soon as I found out that I was pregnant with Ada that I was going to have her. Yeah. Like, I said to George that night, like, look, you are very welcome to be not involved. Like, I know you're young. Like, I know we've just met. Like, you know, I, my plan was I'd just go live with my mom. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, if that was the case, except he was like, what? No, let's do this. This would be cool. Like, you know, like, okay, great. Um, but, so yeah, throughout the whole pregnancy, we didn't know if Ada had Down syndrome or not. We had scans every month, didn't we? Because they needed to check that her like brain and heart were. So like, I was kind of like, and so I'd, I'd researched as much as I could, like being the parent of a child that had disabilities, that was disabled. Um, so much more information there now than there was even eight years ago, which just fills me with like, absolute hope for the future for other parents that are you know like us that you you know it's it's just it's always it's always getting it's always getting better um but I started I think I said to you when she was about two I think I said I think she's autistic and you were like nah when did the penny drop for you like when were you like right okay I see something now um, I probably probably just at the diagnosis. I, yeah. No, to be honest, because like, you don't know, you know, your experience with autism at that point. You're like, so what, you know, what are the the signs? Yeah, you know, she's still very young. Sometimes kids develop differently. So I was like, 
you know, you, you kind of, you always go on the, the, you know, this comes back to the chill dude thing. Chill yeah. dude, they present chill, with chill a lot of the time, but most of the time we're actually just being chill for the sake of the other person. Yes, that <laughs> oh, is right. true. true. That's so it, true. And it, that's, that's it. It's like, you know, like, no, no, it's going to be fine. And like, sometimes you're just internalising, you're like, oh, actually, maybe things aren't going to be mm. fine. But... That's that's kind of, that's a insight into the chill dude. Yeah, I love that. Seven years down the road. But also, also, this is like at this point we haven't been together that long. Do you know what I mean? So like, whereas now we would just talk about things. Yeah, of course. Like, and like, really talk about things. And we, yeah, we also just understand each other. Like, because at the end of the day, we met, and nine months later, we had a baby. Yeah. And then very quickly things were, you know, she was developing slower than other kids. And, you know, before we knew it, we're at her one year health visitor check and the health visitor. She was like, Ada needs to have some other checks because she's not meeting, she's not met really any of her milestones. Like, yeah, by, by one, like, you know, she wasn't crawling she could roll one way so they referred us to the neurodisability unit at the royal free and i remember getting this letter which she said she was referring me to an occupational therapist and i was like okay and i remember getting this letter and it was like from the neurodisability department and i remember phoning them up and i was like why have i got this letter my kid isn't disabled like why would you you know, like, because I was fucking freaked out. I was like, what is, what is this? Like, and obviously now I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, half of my brain is made up of acronyms. Like the gazillion forms, the paperwork that comes with being a parent of a disabled child. Yeah, and we went in, didn't we? Remember we met Betty, she was incredible. Mm. And yeah, over that next year, they put Ada in like little splints and she had a Zimmer frame and she loved to walk and we did loads of hydrotherapy at the same school that Ada and Lua go to. Yeah. And so the pool's super hot there. So tell us about the autism diagnosis for Ada. Yeah, so... When it all came together for you. Yeah. So yeah, we had the, got the diagnosis, we had to... Um, they did a bunch of those those tests with like a weird rabbit that um, jumps mm-hmm. and you have to interact with it. Uh, that was the main thing I remembered from that. It's still quite like, when I think back to it, some of it is quite blurry, that specific moment mm-hmm. of when you're in the room. But I just remember there being a big row of people there. There was quite a few different doctors and stuff when yeah. it came to giving us the, the result. Oh, gosh. Um, oh, the diagnosis. The di- diagnosis yeah, yeah. meeting. Um, and they, yeah, I guess at that point you just don't know. I, I, for me, I didn't know which way I was going to go. It was probably different for Claire, but I was like, at that point I was like, okay, it's fifty-fifty. Either way, it doesn't matter. Um, and then yeah, and then they said it, and then you just it kind of it hit, and just like okay, you just kind of stunned in silence for a bit, just being like okay, trying yeah. to process it. I think for you, Claire, you, it, it, I think it's quite an instant reaction wasn't it yeah well look I knew that Ada was autistic um but you know she was 
she was just three years old. She just turned three when she was diagnosed, and and I actually remember the health professional saying, "Um, well, are you sure you want to um, go through this? Because once she's got the diagnosis, she's got it." And I was like, "Well, yeah, I'd like to be able to, you know, help with." help everything else everything else you know and understand and you know start to learn but you know not only was Ada three just three only three years old I was also eight weeks pregnant with Ivo and did you know that you were pregnant oh yeah I I knew I knew um and yeah it's really overwhelming you know you're in this you're in a you're in a room with all sorts of different doctors and they're all looking really sort of grave and like the woman that delivered the news to us like she's like really really lovely and really nice but like her eyes filled with tears oh man and giving remember, the diagnosis yeah well because obviously she she reacted to maybe she react like me and her just really got on and I don't know she reacted to maybe how because even though I knew Ada was autistic, I was, you know, I was completely, like, gut-punched when I got this diagnosis. It was relief, but it was also, like, fear of the unknown. And also, I remember saying, and I feel so, I feel almost embarrassed to admit this, but I feel like I should be honest. I think the first thing I said was, will my baby get it as well? Like it was something that you caught. Yeah. You know, I remember like... And then actually, you know, as my pregnancy went on, I actually started to think, you know, if if Ivo, if, if the baby I was growing did have autism, it was all that I knew really actually from having a baby. So it would be okay. It would all be okay. And just mm-hmm. kept going with it, but it was like, yeah, we it was a lot. That feeling. That feeling is. And do you know what really fucking sucked, actually, about this whole thing, was like people's pity, mm-hmm. and like, so many people that I, that I know, were so wonderful and just like it's fine, it's great, you know, everybody actually. When you start talking about autism, everyone knows someone that's autistic, whether it's someone directly in their own family, whether it's, a, you know, a second cousin, whether it's their best friend's cousin, like whether it's someone at school, like everyone has some sort of an experience with autism that isn't just like Rain Man, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, but there were a few people that, you know, when I told them, were like devastated for me and were like, we're so, so sorry. And I remember saying, like, it's not a death sentence. Mm. Yeah. You know, you know, she's very, very fucking happy in her world. Like, you know, you all know Ada. Like, and for anyone that's listening that knows Ada, you know, she is this in, in, incredible magical, funny, sassy, clever little person. Her smile, it just, mm-hmm. like, beams. Yeah, and yeah you can see that. but she's <laughs> just, you know, she's just, like, 
you know, she's like made up of me and George and herself, isn't she? Like yeah. she's just like she's really, really, really great. And yes, it's really hard not being able to communicate. We communicate in our own ways, obviously, but not being able to have that traditional way of like vocal communication, of course that's hard. But um How is that with both of you in those kind of early days? Like did you have disagreements around sorry to kind of treat this as a couple's counselling but um, I certainly find it's cheaper than uh, (laughs) yeah yeah it's just a fiver guys Um, so (laughs) or a bottle of wine um, but sometimes I know Patrick and I have found with being not being able to communicate that well you sort of speculate on how how I suppose it's the case for all children what do they need how are they feeling and Sometimes we disagree, (laughs) shall we say. Um, Or in terms of how you kind of managed the, I guess, learning about autism and what steps or other ways you might take to help um, Ada. To be honest, I think from the point of um, diagnosis, like, once we knew what the assignment was, it's like... <laughs> I love this okay. guy. Assignment and deadlines, you <laughs> mentioned. I'm getting a bit like... <laughs> it's like... And then you, you start learning about it. And then even, you know, the the early birds at the course we did, that was so, super useful. And I think it, that really did help us understand a lot. And I think we've both always been on the same sort of page in terms of her and how we deal with her and, and her needs. Like, I, I don't see... Yeah, like, I think, like, even though, you know, we're, like, traditionally different people in terms Mm. of, like, extrovert versus introvert, whatever, like, our parenting stars together actually really, they, like, like, align, it aligns pretty well, and, like, I never, like, think, like, ugh, why is he doing it that way, you know, and... You know, obviously sometimes there's things you have to, you know, like, we, you know, had to talk a little while ago about how I was, like, you know, riling the kids up before bedtime. Like, I was like, bedtime is party time. And George was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, it's not party time. Let's keep it down a bit. Let's, like, you need to turn it down a minute. And I, I, (laughs) it's funny, I went to my therapist, because I go to one each week, and she was like, how was this week? I was like, well, you know. And I was like trying to think about what happened that week. He's like, you know, George had like said this, you know, thing about my parenting. And he was like, she's like, what did he say? And I was like, well, you know, I was just trying to like be like fun time mum because, you know, I am fun time. And she was like, you know, she's she's Australian. She's so great. She's just like, bedtime is not party time. <laughs> Claire. You got told, Claire. It yeah. is not party time. Yeah, I guess and I was I, like, like routine George is right. <laughs> I do, I do have like routines that I t- send to six to, probably that bit of autism in me or something, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, well, it was interesting because we watched we watched something together recently. It was the Paddy, um, not Paddy, Paddy McGuinness, yeah. the Paddy and Christine, Christine McGuinness, yeah, um, show that they did, and I was like, I don't want to watch this, and then like, and then actually but there's this scene where Christine 
goes to see um, Simon Baron Cohen and she's done this test and turns out she's autistic and you know I got hold of the test and like I was like please be autistic please be autistic like for me right I was like I want to be autistic I, and like you know it, the reason I wanted to be autistic when I did this test was so that I could be like Ada I'm just like you um, anyway I understand that yeah yeah like, listen, don't get me wrong, I know it's really, this, like, ableist world is, like, really fucking difficult to be disabled in. It is. Um, anyway, I did the test, and I was, like, so not autistic, it wasn't even funny. I was, like, negative autistic, like, like, got, like... <laughs> off the page. I was, like, off the page, not autistic. <laughs> and then George did the test and was, like... High, higher scoring in the autism test yet and then you did it again a few days later because you know how you do tests like I always used to do tests in magazines you know like uh, who am I going to marry or whatever and you didn't like get the answer so you sort of like do it again a couple of days like later and it's like maybe now I'm going to get that one like George did the test again and, <laughs> and he was even higher and I was just like so it's oh, not yeah. a competition, though, no, guys. Yeah, it's, it's not, not. <laughs> it an autism competition. I mean, no. God knows how this is going to come across. Well, yeah, I think it again, like even if it, <laughs> if it, it wasn't a proper diagnosis, or anything, it was just an online test. But you just start reflecting on like your own behaviours. Yeah, stuff why and you do stuff? Why, why you like things? And, and then why I have these, you know, routines that I do, and it's like, yeah, you know, whatever. It's like, you know, maybe there is a part of me that has some of those. I mean, they traits, don't say that everybody falls on it a little yeah, bit, yeah, yeah. don't they? So. But yeah, again, yeah. it just makes you, it reinforces that idea that routine is very important for someone like Ada as well. So yeah, so really I, I helpful. I need these routines, she needs these routines, we all need these routines to kind of make life better. Party girl when it's party time. It's like boundaryless chaos. We fall into a good routine sort of daily once, obviously mm-hmm. when it's a summer holiday it's a different story, but... Oh, um, yeah. So glad they're over. <laughs> well, and then I was going to say, and then you, like, before we, that diagnosis, you'd taken the decision to have an, a second child yeah. together. Yeah. Um, and th- that was a conscious decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually, we wanted to um, plan when we were going to have the second one because obviously with Ada it was very... Uh, Rando. So, so you went <laughs> to those yeah. club toilets. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so went straight back to the alibi and got knocked up in the toilets. No, we, we talked about it and we planned and we were, you know, actively trying stuff. So then you were pregnant so, and then you had Ivo. Before you had Ivo, you got the diagnosis of Ada's autism. And you guys were going through all of this in like lightning speed. How did you find time to kind of I don't want to use the word nurture, but I can't think of a better one. Your relationship. How did you spend time together and, like, you know, make sure that everything was good between the two of you when all of this, like, was going on? It must have been pretty intense. What we really started doing is, um, you know, really putting time in now to, you know, we go out, like, once or twice a month. We get babysitter in. Like, we just go out and eat and talk and... Because for all those years that we didn't go out, we were just eating and talking, but just at home, you know, and, like, we enjoy each other's company. Mm-hmm. Like... But it's different when you're away from... 
yeah. the house. Exactly. Because yeah. you fall into, like, the again, the routines of, like... Even walking to the tube as fuck. Yeah, exactly. Having a child with a disability, I think it's so... Like, women have so much support, and also we're so much more vocal. Like, mm. if we're going through a shit time, we do tend to reach out to other people. But you guys seem to be, as you said yourself, you kind of internalise everything. Yeah. How have you found it being the parent of a child with a disability have you found a network of other people to kind of reach out to have you felt what's what's it been like i know that's the thing it's it has it for me it's um who i talk to i guess is claire mainly and friend my existing friends um i think it's quite difficult i, I don't know it's probably a, a me thing and a, a man thing in general to pe- reach out to other people you know I, tend to have some element of social anxiety as well just meeting new people it's kind of awkward so that's there's that element of it so I've not really connected as much or made a network like you know I'll talk to everyone else's partners when you know there's events that we are all that and stuff but not to the point where I've just kind of been able to sit down and chat with another dad and be like oh hey how's it going yeah. kind of thing but you know I've got, I've got friends that I talk to who aren't in the same boat so it's good and sometimes you know it's not as uh useful i guess but whereas i see your guys and the groups that you have you actually just talk and it's really real and stuff so like i think for me you know and when i do go out it's you know don't go out too often not great at making plans for for myself so I'll i'll go out maybe once a month with like a few friends and then you'll just you know, you, you kind of don't want to talk about it. It's getting away yeah. from it. Yeah, yeah. so it's a bit of an escape way. at that point. If if things are going great, then, it, yeah, obviously you talk about good stuff, but if things are not going so good, getting bad sleep, that kind of stuff, you're like, just want to like, eat a meal, chat about random crap, and then you say how great a parent I am because I have a disabled child and things like that. <laughs> yeah, that's true, it's the Lap that up, right? Sorry, a lot of your friends don't actually have kids. Yeah, it's true. Like, they're still... So it's, it's still George is 36, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, they're still, like... They're still out there. They're still out there. <laughs> yeah. Waiting to spread their seed. Yeah. yeah. No one needs to be hooked up. George has got something. But, like, you know, they, they're, <laughs> so, they're so super... You know, they've obviously... They're so supportive. But yeah, 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 at yeah, the yeah. same time, you know, maybe you do need that extra level of just, like, yeah, this is very specific. Yeah. It is can the experiences of parents yeah SEM parents can be very specific yeah and so a lot of the time I just actually get a lot of therapy from from what Claire just passes on to me from everyone else that she talks to from, from the group, group. Yeah, exactly. get it second so hand I get yeah. it second hand so I'm getting like the whatever oh yeah pass, I'll be passive. like getting messages I'm like oh my god what's up with that yeah oh, I do oh, Patrick the has the same yeah, for sure yeah. so but I think it is it's you know there does need to be an, an element of us being able to connect more uh, as uh, you know dads and stuff like that and just you know chat talk about this but look, I mean completely and like I actually you know if I have one regret and I don't have many but if I have one regret it's not you know we we came together this this group of women and you know who, who do the podcast and we support each other I would have tried to find people like that so much earlier on instead of being lost for a few years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's um 
Yeah. I think it takes time for you to be... I think we were all sort of ready to be... I mean, Rena, you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Let's do this. Expose the host. <laughs> and on this round of Expose the Host. So, <laughs> so before the pandemic, and Rena and I go to the same... Our kids, kids go to the same school. Like, I remember I'd always, like, see... Rena, like on the way to school or waiting in reception, she okay, she'd always have headphones in, whatever. Um, and I know now it's actually because she was always listening to fucking podcasts. Anyway, who's this super cute woman that like doesn't talk to anybody and doesn't make eye contact with anybody? And she's got this like kid that is like so sassy and funny because like Lua just is sassy and funny. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'm gonna get her. I'm going to get her. <laughs> I'm going to get this mum. And then I proceeded to think about Rena. <laughs> this is real confession time. How are you thinking about this, George? I proceeded to think about Rena for a while. Okay. And then planned to, like, get to school early to, like... Eventually, I started, like, to say... She's like, I'm like, this, this, this girl is not even going to look at me. I'm like... So eventually, I just as soon as I catch her eye, I'd be like, hey. And she'd be like, hey, hey. Um, and then, you know, obviously as soon as she would pick up Lua, like, her headphones would come off and she was, like, straight into conversation with Lua, who was a baby at that point, who was definitely not in a conversation back. Um, and I think I first grabbed you, did I grab you on the street or something? But I'm like, I've got this group of women and there were about five people in the group. Like, you know, you're gonna, no, you, you, you need to, uh, you like slowly would say hello and like the thing is Claire is so cool that I was so intimidated by her so I was like I am not worthy of talking to this woman and she keeps staring at me and what am I gonna say like okay so which is why I didn't think I was a psychopath no because I was like plotting my friendship with you weird it's a slow seduction it was a slow seduction and then like slowly she wore me down to like have actual conversation if I can give anyone any any advice and if that's okay you know it would just be you know if your child is diagnosed with any sort of disability like to just seek out other parents that are at the same sort of point as well what about you George what do you wish you had known in those early days that you've learned Claire's saying reaching out to people has been so important and uh, you know giving that advice to other people as well to to, to reach out and find other people to talk to um, yeah that journey is still one for me to progress towards um, reaching out to people more Um, but yeah I'd probably say there's a, a couple of things just about being in society or like and general strangers is just um, not caring, or not not yeah. like not not caring what other people think. It's like absolutely uh, not not in like an antagonistic way. It's like it's more like if someone stares at you know, I was like I don't care that you're staring. Like oh my obviously, God. Yeah. just having yeah. a meltdown. Like and it's it's chaos. You'll you know drop on the floor. She'll scream you know yeah. for, for ages and then just not caring about what other people think but like and what people are doing because if they may be staring at Asia but at the same time I, I'm not angry at them for it but 
uh, because I was in that position once too. I didn't understand what was mm. going on with a lot of people. And that, that's another part of it is understanding what is going on with people with neurodiversity. Yeah. You, you don't notice it. You notice it so much more now with your interactions with everyone yeah. around. God, you're some... so good at it now though. Like, yeah, you, just, like... you, just, you, you kind of feel in tune with it a bit because you, you notice it and it's just like, you know, if, if someone's not interacting in a certain way, if someone's like being really... Yeah, like really friendly and talkative, overly friendly and talkative, and and just wanting to to chat and like a lot. Of, but in the past, I would have been like, "Who's this person trying to?" And then you you kind of realise, okay, like you know, there's less of a social yeah. filter there. I'm happy to to chat. Or you see someone like acting a certain way, yeah, yeah, doesn't want to talk. Who's you know, maybe sti- you know, stimming as we we call it with that. Ada stims with a ribbon. Some people stim with in, in other ways. Some people rock back, rock back and yeah, forth and flap. And it's yeah. like that they are just doing what they're doing. Don't you know? It's, it's you know. I, I feel like yeah. Don't just, judge. Like yeah. you know, when I was a lot younger, you grow up and with different children and stuff, and you're like, you, you don't know it, and you're a bit ignorant to it. So you, mm. you just react differently to people. Did you both have any experience with autism pre? Ada or was she kind of your introduction into like that world I'd um there was there was a girl when I was growing up when I lived in New Zealand she was um she had two brothers I think they they were twins and one was autistic and one wasn't and I realize that now and I remember hearing the word autism um, but I, you know, was sort of led to believe that he was just naughty or like a right. difficult child. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. actually, my friend was awesome. Like, she like was always like defending him and and looking after him. Mm-hmm. But that was that was kind of it. But although, obviously, now when I think back, it's like, gosh so many of the children at school and so many people whose paths we've crossed I've crossed like we're autistic yeah I feel that actually. I just you know just going back on what George was saying now you know I was in sorry we were away recently on the coast and Ada had a she was just feeling super dysregulated had a meltdown was on the floor and you know right now or these days if Ada needs to lay on the pavement to regulate I'm like babe regulate do it yeah you know I just stand there I'm like it's cool and this couple came and stood right by her yep and were like staring and I was about two seconds away from being like fuck off just fuck off and the woman goes she autistic and I was like yep and she's like I'm autistic and I was like cool and she's she's like she's having a meltdown she's like don't worry darling i have meltdowns all the time i know how you feel you just need to do what you're doing and her partner was like me too we'll stand here until you're okay and i wanted to cry and i was so happy that i didn't fucking lose it or say anything because you know i was like tired and stressed at that point but actually i was just like 
there are good people in the oh, world. Oh, I wanted, to, I wanted to, I wanted to just like cry, and I wanted to cuddle these two and be like, "We're total legends." And in fact, I didn't cuddle them because, like, don't cuddle strangers <laughs> that like don't want to be fucking cuddled. It's fine. Like, but I was like, you know, you dudes are awesome. Like, thank you so much. And like, Ada got up and they're like, "You can do it! Yeah, yeah, you can do it!" And I was like, "Yeah, you can do it!" And like, I was literally like, "This is just fucking great." <laughs> did, did Ada react or notice the, this couple? No, Ada just wanted an ice cream. Okay. I think she might have been having, Fair enough. you know, normal, like, what's reaction. known as a tantrum. Yeah. Oh, okay. But like, in saying that, as yeah, you know, she 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 want she wanted an ice cream. Although she did say bye. Oh. Ada's Ada's funny. She's like, you know, she's hardcore, man. She doesn't like you. She'll like take your hand and walk you to the front door, and she'll just Does look she? at you and she'll just say, "It's finished." Did she say it's finished? I love yeah. that. No, can I around. can I introduce her to some people? <laughs> no, Not Patrick. No. <laughs> you can you can just you can just take that. It's finished. It's very it's very devil was Prada. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Oh, God. it's finished. I love that. What a legend! I know. It's funny. Remember the first time she said it? I was like. <laughs> Did you like the person that she did it to? No, I felt weird about this person. It was like a, it was someone around the diagnosis-y sort of time. Um, that was just a, a bit of a weird vibe. Ada's good with vibes with people. Mm. You know, she knows. I think all of our kids are. Yeah, <laughs> yes. They know. Yeah, they know. Okay, bring it back to relationships for a second. Um, it's often talked about, isn't it, that parents of children with disabilities often their relationships or marriages um, are more likely to fail. I don't know if the stats are really? genuine on that, but yeah, you hear it cited all the time that like the odds for your marriage surviving are grim. Sorry to bring it down, guys. But um, or, your, or even just your relationship. Yeah, like, and I think know, relationships I are hard. A lot of single parents with yeah. kids. Yeah, relationships are hard. And you can understand yeah. that, right? The intensity of caring and the costs of raising disabled children. There's so many other things that could correlate with that, but I guess you guys seem to have done it like in a slightly different and unique way. Your relationship has developed as you were pregnant, had children, and got the diagnosis, and sort of voyaged into this disabled parenting uh, world. What would be your advice to other couples, guys? What like what's been the thing that's really made it work for you guys? Um, I would say. It, take, it takes work. Like, sometimes you can get really complacent and then your relationship, you know, relationship can be in a bad place, but you have to really communicate about it and, and talk about the issues because, you know, it's hard. You know, there are different challenges that we have as parents uh, of Ada and, you know, these things kind of impact your your well-being and your, your health and your mental health and how you are with each other. So if you sh- share that, more then you know what's going on with each other and you're able to kind of tackle these issues together great answer (laughs) yeah i think you just have to try and have as much fun with it as possible you have to give each other space you have to go out on dates like make sure you just go out like once a month together any relationship um you know our relationship is like by no means perfect but we spend a lot of time laughing and yeah finding space to talk but also finding you know i think it's really important to talk to other other people and just be honest you know that's 
you know, I'm a great advocate for therapy because, as I said before, it's completely changed my life. And for having a support network, mm. you know, I'm uh, very honest and I'm very honest with George about how I feel too. Um, I don't know, it just, it just works with us. Like, do you know what? Just be really fucking kind to each other as well. Like, don't pick mm. at each other. I think, I think just being, just being kind, even like the smallest thing can be like, can Absolutely. be like a nice thing. Like, you know, a fucking cup of tea in the morning or a glass of wine at night. Or vice versa. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny joke. But, um, you know, George came home from work today and I was just like, I'm really happy to see him. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, you and I guys. Like, you're looking, I was like, you're looking really good today because he was looking really good today. He's like, am I looking good? I'm like, I look good. You know, it's like. You make oh, each other feel good. Yeah, yeah. And also, like, you know, we're friends. Yeah. Yeah, you might argue with your friends sometime too, but you love your friends. And mm. essentially, you just being kind and respectful to each other and also giving each other space. Yeah. Yeah. I know now if I'm really overwhelmed. I just sometimes need to go for a walk mm. it, to like, so that I don't just like fly off into no. some like zone. Yeah. And you understand that of me too and tell me to go for a walk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. tells you what to do. That's <laughs> no, I don't no, get that. He's giving the rewards of the therapy. Yeah. You know? no, it's just like recognizing, like, okay, he's getting a bit stressed. Like, he needs a minute. He needs a minute you know, sometimes. Walk and then come back and just out of the situation and just feel a lot better. Even the other morning, you know, we were away with family. And, like, my family is big and intense and scouse and, like, fantastic. And, you know, I, in the morning I was like, just maybe you should go out for... Like, because you're quite unlikely to to say, I need a minute. Yeah. Whereas I'm much more likely to be like, I need a minute. Yeah. So with George, I also try to remind him that it's actually okay to take a fucking minute, you know. And, like, go out, get a cup of coffee in the morning on your own. Like, just... Get away. Yeah, yeah, and you do that now, like, whether you go out on your bike or, you know. Yeah. Remember recently, like, you went out and got dinner on your own, which was kind of cute. It's so cute. Yeah, it's I know, it's so great. <laughs> and the guy gave you a free beer. No, it was a free rosé. A free rosé? <laughs> Rando. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Oh, so cute. I think um, it's nice because you've built a friendship. Because Arbs and I are the same. Our story is very similar to yours. Yeah. But it's kind of on a flip side. We were friends for a very long time, but we're otherwise occupied with other people got together and then I fell pregnant three and a half four months into the relationship with Lua so it was like quick and we both knew like this is what we wanted yeah 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 did it nice. same as you, you guys but yeah I didn't realise that that's so cool yeah very similar but because we'd already had that friendship for like ten years Although we didn't see each other all the time, I'd known him since I was fifteen. So he knew me at like baby Rena, like you Aww. know and had seen me develop into the twenty five year old that he then yeah, twenty five year old that he'd been fell in love with. So he'd seen me kind of grow up and that, that level of like friendship was already there and I think that massively helped with the diagnosis and like the shit that went on with Lua because mm. I yes. think it would have been like nuts if we had kind of. But it is, it is, it is a friendship. Yeah. Also, 
if you do have a fight, like make up as soon as you can. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, yeah. We I do, am we a don't, big advocate for that. We can't keep it going for like longer than like half an hour if we yeah. like. Yeah, mad with each other. We've never gone to bed mad. I would like do not agree to like take a breather and like no. Like for me, it's like you get mad, you scream at each other, but you have to fix it. Like. Yeah, like, go out, get some air, come back. But do not sleep on it. Like, I just think it just instigates more of a, I don't know, bad energy. I don't know. Mm. Energy is a big... Well, it's how, you know, it's how it works for you and it's how it works for us. And, you know, and and other people are different and that's fine too. Like, there's, you know, there's many couples out there that, like, argue and then, like, need weeks to, like, go through it, and that's fine, too. But, like... Mm. Laura, those times. Yes, it happens, you know. But, like, for us, you know, as I said at the beginning of this, we've been together for nearly 10 years, but it still feels, like, so fresh so much of the time, you know. It was so fun getting married because we got to go on a honeymoon, which meant we got to go away for four nights on our own. We're getting to know each other over time. We also get to know each other's strengths and what we're good at as a relationship and working together with our children and like we you have to understand that within each other to yeah. for the relationship to work it's like I, I'm good at doing certain things Claire is good at doing certain things yeah because yeah. a lot of fights can happen from like oh you, you're not doing enough of this I'm not doing <laughs> yeah. enough of that and it's like you need that you get in the rhythm. You're like, okay, this is what I'm good at. This is what you're good yeah, at. Yeah, completely. Let's, let's we will we'll converge in some things we do, but we will just you know stay in our lanes and other bits, and we'll help each other out when we can for the other bits. That's so true. So it's so true because if like George and I wrote down like a list of everything that we did, it would not be totally equal. Mm. Like, and in fact, I think it would actually look like. George was doing so much more, actually. Whereas any fights that we have had have generally been around me being worried that I don't do enough, but actually I do so much. Of course. Like, especially yeah. around Ada in terms of just in terms of so much of that. Yeah, all like, the, all the, the paperwork. The paperwork and lots of stuff. Like, I know, like, you know, I could get involved in that, but it's. The, the paperwork element you're just so good at it and then yeah. like my strengths are I can get up like really early and I need less sleep it's just how it is like, yeah it's actually a fact with the two yeah. of us that George actually operates better on less sleep and yeah. I operate better on more sleep it is like listening to me and us <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking weird so fucking weird is it time for a double day <laughs> I think so oh my goodness oh my god maybe George is finally gonna find his dad friend like, the one the one like yes. his SEM dad friend because he does have some fat dad friends yeah. no like totally like yeah. It's the accepting of that because it's, it it's is accepting of that to yes. go through it and like you know we've, we've only come to this realisation you know, really recently yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and it's not just that division of like labour yeah. like it's actually what perspectives are you coming from yeah. so you know you talked earlier about like your different kind of personality types and, yeah. and that also merges into what you're good, good mm-hmm. at I, th- I find that with Patrick as well and also just kind of I it's a balance isn't it I feel I'm like doing more of the caring role mm. because I quit my job in order to do that and you know, there are elements of that that I'm definitely better at, but then there are things that he's much better at, and he's also really good at reminding me to, like, come out of that. It's like yes. I pull him in to, like, mm-hmm. that world 
and he needs reminding to kind of be pulled into that world sometimes because his work consumes so much of his time that he's kind of in that world yeah. but then he pulls me out of that world as well and reminds me like come on let's just go out they'll be fine let's get a babysitter and go and do something fun why don't we go and stay away for a night in a hotel or like yeah you know and like he's, Patrick is so super fun yeah, he's like you know, he's are, like. Are you saying I'm not Claire? Is that what you're really fun. <laughs> you're also okay. so fun. But like Patrick is like you know, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, one of my favourite dads. Oh, because like he nice. is just like he's silly, funny, clever, and I think the fact that he can just say to you, "Hey, like, just come we out just come of this. away, just yeah. come away from it. Yeah, it's exactly. fine." They're fine with the babysitter tonight. We're going to go out, be silly. You know, it's um, yeah, do, doing that, going out, being silly. So that's it, everyone. Everyone listening, go out, be, be silly. silly. Go out, be silly. Find people who can look after your children. That's not easy. I'm not going to pretend that's easy or cheap, but find people who can look after your children and go out and be silly. And <laughs> you could be the dream couple that is Claire and George. Hashtag couple gold. As Ada would say, it'd be fucking nice finished. to each other. <laughs> yeah, as Ada would say, it's finished. But it's not, guys. We've got one more question. One more question. <laughs> no! Shit! It's, it's a quick one. But Ada said it's finished. <laughs> Ada's asleep. She ain't here. Um, so. Last question. What's your fucking normal? So it could be something really weird, really random, that encapsulates something that's very normal to you guys. Okay, go on, George. Uh, our fucking normal is asking Ada not to stim on every single dog's tail that she sees. Oh gosh, great! <laughs> <laughs> it's quite funny, but yeah. And you dog live. owners are quite understanding. Some it depends Some. on the heath and the breed of dog. Super. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's like a rare, a rare breed, then there's. Oh my god! Yeah. Dog. Oh my goodness! If they're like on their way to crafts, then it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of those issue. fluffy ones are like yeah. she's like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, oh, guys. guys. That concludes your therapy session, couples therapy session. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think you're just the most gorgeous, wonderful couple. I thank agree. you. Totally. Thank you so 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 much. And uh, Arbs and I will join you for a double date. Have fun, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Fucking Normal Podcast. We love making this podcast. Yes, we do. <laughs> we are part of a much bigger team, almost exclusively all parents of disabled children. And our goal is to reach as many people as possible and create a community of support for parents and carers who share our experiences. So, if you've liked what you've heard, please like and subscribe so that we can reach out to more people. You can find more information on this and other episodes at fuckingnormalpodcast.com. That's F-K-I-N-G normalpodcast.com. You can join us on Facebook and on Instagram at fuckingnormal underscore podcast. That's F-K-I-N-G normal underscore podcast. You can get all the links and more information in the show notes below. So thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. We'll see you next time. Bye. Wake me up.